Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It is just after spring break, March break here in Ontario, and my family and I actually just got back from a cruise. I had never been on a cruise before, and it was a great experience. I got so many questions while we were away about baby sleep and travel and how to keep sleep on track during travel. So that was great. And I actually met a few people on the cruise who follow us on Instagram. That was amazing. So if you still have some travel plans in the coming weeks to get out of what's left of these nasty winter weeks and months, then go online, take a look at our blog, take a look at Instagram where we posted a lot of information about travel and sleep over the last couple of weeks. Hopefully that will help you out. But today on the podcast is not about travel. Today is Q&A Tuesday. So we are going to cover the top five questions that I pulled out from my DM box on Instagram from the last week, cover those, and hopefully hopefully you're not struggling with sleep right now. But if you are, hopefully there's a question in here that I can answer that will give you some help with any challenges you might be having that are similar to some of these parents who asked me these questions on Instagram in this past week. So here we go. First question is about a nine-month-old. What do I do if my nine-month-old's naps are short and there's a big gap from nap two until bedtime? I don't want her to be overtired, but I don't know when to do bedtime if her naps are short. This is a really common issue when we're around this age, I would say eight to nine months, when we are in the early stages of having transition from three naps to two. And the reason it can be tough is because baby is in that sort of gray area where they maybe kind of sort of still need three naps some days, but many children, especially by nine plus months, will not take that third nap of the day. They're still getting used to bigger wake windows, and that can sometimes mean overtiredness that causes these short naps. And we get into these tricky scenarios with scheduling, which is where this parent was at when they messaged me saying, we have this awkward timing at the end of the day. If one or both of the naps is quite short, the second nap ends pretty early in the day, what do we do with all this awake time before bedtime? How do we manage the schedule? So to this parent, I would say, and I did say in my response to her on Instagram, generally at nine months, you're only going to have time in the day for two naps, even if they're not super long. So you may have to do a pretty early bedtime, like in bed, 6 p.m., lights out. Here's the secret formula to it. If your nine-month-old's second nap of the day ends earlier than 1.30 in the afternoon, you could try for a third nap, and I would try for a third nap. That would mean that the first nap and the second nap were really short. If the second nap only got you to earlier than 1.30 in the afternoon and your baby's already awake from their second nap, at that point, that, those are pretty short naps, and we have time for a third nap in the day. Normally, a nine-month-old can handle about three hours of awake time before they're tired enough to sleep again. So if your nine-month-old had two really short naps, and it's, say, quarter after one, and they've already finished their second nap, you could do another nap three hours later at around quarter after four. However, we really don't want a nine-month-old to be going to bed later than 8 p.m., 
This means that you need to cap that last nap by 5 p.m. at the latest to make sure that bedtime is not later than 8. So that's what we do if the naps are super short and don't even get us to 1.30. However, if your nine-month-old's two naps get them past 1.30, you really don't have time for another nap. And this is where we have to stretch to a really early bedtime. This is the hard part. I know, but it's usually part of the tricky transitional stage where we're going from three naps to two and baby is just getting used to this and isn't having super long naps yet on their two nap schedule. So if your nine month old has two naps and they're not super long, but they do get her to say 1.45, 2 p.m., well, now we don't have time for another nap because your baby needs a few hours of awake time before they'll be tired tired enough to sleep again. So if your baby has napped until 2 p.m., well, three hours from now is 5 p.m. It's too late for another nap. If we try to nap a nine-month-old at 5 p.m., it's not going to work out very well. Their bedtime is going to be super late, and that's not a good idea either. But 5 p.m. is too early for bedtime too, way too early. I would put this baby to bed at 6 p.m. that night. 6 p.m. is early, but it's not too early for bedtime, and it is a good idea if your child has had short naps and they've been up for a while. Ideally, I would love for a nine-month-old to only have three hours of awake time before they go to bed, but if we're in a scenario like this, naps have ended around 2 p.m., we don't have time for a third nap, but we're not doing a five o'clock bedtime, we stretch a little further and we get to six o'clock and we put baby down for the night at six o'clock. That is my advice if the naps are short and there's a gap between nap two and bedtime, stretch out, get to 6 p.m. That's how I would manage that situation. Try not to stress. Your baby is probably still just adjusting to those bigger wake windows, to the two-nap schedule, and naps should come along and get longer so you don't have that big gap before bedtime soon. The next question is a similar one, or it's in a similar vein. It is this. Is it normal when doing the three to two nap transition that you flip-flop some days? Some days you have three naps and some days you have two naps. Absolutely. That's what we were just talking about. It is normal that some days you're going to need three naps and other days you're only going to need two. In this transitional stage where your baby is first in the early stages of transitioning from three naps to two especially if a child is around seven and a half to eight months. That is usually when children are starting the transition from three naps to two. It's usually when children are ready for new bigger wake windows and parents realize, okay, if we're doing bigger wake windows, if my baby's seven and a half, eight months, and they seem to be able to handle about two and a half to three hours of awake time, we only really generally have time in the day for two naps. And so we get on this two nap schedule. But then there are days when baby is transitioning and has quite short naps that you need to stick in that third nap. And that's what I was talking about in the answer to the previous question. And it's okay. If a baby's two naps at eight months of age only get them to one o'clock in the afternoon, I would absolutely do a third nap on that day, even though you're in the process of transitioning to two naps and your goal is to be on a two nap schedule On that day, your baby needs a third nap, and I would aim for it. 
because you don't have very much time to fit it in because it needs to be finished by 5 p.m., you might even consider just putting your baby in a stroller or a wrap or an infant carrier and having them nap there. So you just get them to sleep quickly for that final third nap, get them some rest, and then have them awake by 5. That way they're not super overtired when you put them to bed a few hours later. Next question. I am going to a wedding out of town. My parents agreed to watch my three and a half month old at their house. I've never had anyone babysit her more than one and a half hours and it's making me nervous. My question is, should I do a trial run with a pack and play and a slumber pod and sleep over a night at my parents' house the week before the wedding to introduce my baby to my parents' home overnight? I get this question a lot. It's usually from clients as I'm wrapping up with them and their sleep programs and their baby's doing great. And then the client asks me, hey, here's a question. In a few weeks, we're going away. My parents are watching the baby. Or I like to go over to my parents' house and put my baby down there for a nap so I can go to the gym while my mom watches her. Do you think I need to practice with this first? The answer is no, I don't. I really don't find it's necessary or helpful to practice in a pack and play before you just do it, before you have your baby sleep in the pack and play somewhere else. The reason is your three and a half month old is very unlikely to remember that one night last week when you slept them in a pack and play at your parents' house while you slept in the bed next to them to try to practice this scenario. If it's going to go well, it's going to go well. If it's not going to go well, it's probably just not going to go well. I do think that it's likely going to go very well for the parent who sent me this message because later in the message, she talked to me about how her three and a half month old is already sleeping eight to nine hour stretches at night, waking up for one feed, going back to sleep for another few hours and baby can go down awake already without needing to be rocked to sleep. That's pretty great for a three and a half month old. And I would suggest that the better a child's sleep skills already are, the better this type of scenario is going to go for grandma and grandpa as the babysitters. I wouldn't suggest that practicing one or two nights the week before going out of town and leaving baby with the grandparents, practicing staying at grandma's house or staying in the pack and play is going to make a big difference to how the night with grandma and grandpa go. I would suggest it's probably your baby's sleep skills that are going to dictate how the night is going to go. If your baby is usually up a whole bunch at night at home, they're probably going to be up a whole bunch at night for grandma and grandpa. And grandma and grandpa are probably already prepared for that because they probably already know your baby wakes at night and already knew this when they agreed to be the babysitters. If your baby already sleeps eight to nine hours wakes up for a feed and then goes back to sleep again for another few hours at night, that's probably what they'll do for grandma and grandpa too. So I wouldn't worry about practicing in advance, probably not necessary. Next question, should the length of the wake window be longer just before bedtime? Like if my three-month-old has a one-hour wake window throughout the day before her naps, should it be longer before bedtime? With wake windows, okay, wait, first let's talk about what wake windows are for anybody who doesn't know. A wake window is the amount of time your baby can be awake before they're probably tired enough to need to be sleeping again. And that changes based on their age. So for a three-month-old, it's generally only around an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. For an eight-month-old, it's generally about two and a half to three hours. That's what a wake window is. In this question, the parent is asking if the wake window should be longer before bedtime, and I would suggest no. 
When I give a range of wake windows, I generally mean the shorter end of that range is the wake window you should be using before the first nap of the day, and then the longer end is what you should be using before all of the other naps and bedtime. So three months old, I would say an hour to an hour 15. That means I would give that baby an hour of awake time before their first nap, and then an hour and 15 minutes of awake time before all of their other naps and before bedtime. I wouldn't give them a longer wake window than that before bedtime. I always give a slightly shorter wake window before the first nap of the day because it's the one babies are usually most tired and ready to go back to sleep for after they've just had that big long long night of sleep. Sleep begets sleep. And so generally after a big long night of sleep, their body's still craving more sleep and will go down easily with a slightly shorter wake window before that first nap. But then usually baby needs a little more sleep pressure for the rest of the day. So we do a slightly bigger wake window leading up to all of the other naps and bedtime, but it's the same wake window for that. So if I'm working, like I said, with a three month old, we do an hour in the morning, but then an hour 15 the whole rest of the day. For an eight month old, we do two and a half hours in the morning and then three hours before their second nap and three hours before bedtime. We don't necessarily make it bigger before bedtime. Baby doesn't usually need a bigger wake window before bed. If anything, your child might actually need a slightly shorter wake window before bedtime at night. By nighttime, your baby has had a big, long, stimulating day. They might be kind of cranky, overtired, and agitated. So if anything, your baby might need about 15 minutes less awake time before bedtime than they need for all of their other wake windows if they're seeming overtired at bedtime. Last question for today. My three and a half year old has been waking up extremely early, 5 a.m. He naps from 1230 to two and goes to bed between 730 and 745. I'm not sure where to make an adjustment. There's two things I would keep in mind here. The first one is a wake up clock. A wake-up clock can be super helpful for children over about the age of two and a half, definitely over the age of three. A wake-up clock is a visual representation for your child of when it's time to be sleeping and when it's okay to get up and start the day. So you set the clock, say you set it to the color red at bedtime and tell your child that when the clock is red, it's time to be in bed quietly working on sleeping. And when the clock is, say, yellow, it's okay to get up and start the day, and you set the clock to turn yellow at 6 a.m. or later. Then you may need to consider some age-appropriate rewards and consequences to help your child and motivate your child to want to listen to the colors on the clock. So that is something you might want to keep in in mind. We do have a blog post on our website at thehappysleepcompany.com all about how to succeed with a wake-up clock. But the other thing I want to keep in mind for this parent is that this child is three and a half years old and they're still taking an hour and a half nap and going to bed around 7.30 p.m. They might not be tired enough to make it all the way through the night past 5 a.m. because they're getting a lot of daytime sleep for their age and going to bed at 7.30. The first thing I would consider with a three and a half year old who's napping an hour and a half is that bedtime probably needs to be closer to 8 p.m. than 7.30. I wouldn't do bedtime later than 8 But I would do 8 p.m. if a three and a half year old taking an hour and a half nap was waking up really early to start the day. The other thing you might consider if you've moved bedtime to 8 p.m. and your child is still waking up really early is that there's still too much sleep happening in the day and you might need to start capping your child's nap a little shorter. So rather than napping an hour and a half, maybe you cap the nap at an hour. And if all of that still doesn't help, I would suggest that most three and a half year olds are ready to be done with their nap. So it's probably time to say goodbye to that midday snooze and have your child just do no nap and an earlier bedtime of 
you know, probably about 6, 6.30 at first while they're adjusting to not having a nap. And then ultimately by four years of age, when we're fully adjusted to not napping, bedtime is going to be closer to about 7 p.m. So those are some things to keep in mind when it comes to a child who's well over the age of three and still having a big nap in the day, but waking early the next day. We might not have enough sleep pressure. We might need to put a little more pressure on the night by removing some of the daytime sleep or making the bedtime just a little later. So something to keep in mind at that age. That's the top five for the week. I hope that was helpful for everybody. We covered a range of ages, some different nap situations. So I hope you got a nugget from there that is helpful for you now or will be helpful for you down the road. Tune in next week for another great episode of Sleep Cues and have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.